Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 23. Here's Pastor Ryan. Turn with me in your Bibles this evening to 2 Chronicles chapter 23. That's 2 Chronicles chapter 23. We will be beginning in verse 18. And give me an amen once you are there. Ah, that's better. Yes. I have so many eye issues now, and that helps. As long as I don't look at the bulbs. All right, so 2 Chronicles chapter 23, beginning in verse 18. And so, Father, we come before you again this evening just to say thank you. Thank you for all that you've done for us, Lord. You're God who provides. Lord, you are the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, and the God of Moses, the God of the Apostle Peter and his brother Andrew, James and John, and the Apostle Paul, Lord, and we just come before you this evening in the name of Jesus, your son, who you gave as a sacrifice for us on the cross, who they buried, and on the third day you raised him from the dead, and he's at your right hand even now interceding for us. Lord, we pray that you would speak to our hearts as we study. Lord, give us humble hearts. You say in your word that you teach the humble your way. So please soften our hearts, remove pride from us, give us your humility, and pour out your grace, Father, may it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray, and together we say, Amen. Amen. Okay, so in our story, it's exciting times for the kingdom of Judah. Really exciting times because it has just been saved by Jehoiada, the priest of the Lord. The kingdom of Judah was... Uh, in a very desperate place. It was being run by Queen Athaliah, who was very evil and wicked. She was a daughter of Jezebel. And the kingdom of Judah was deep into pagan worship, the worship of Baal. Athaliah had tried to kill off all the heirs of King David, all the heirs of her son, King Ahaziah who also followed in his mother's footsteps. He was not a good king, but when he was killed because of the judgment of the Lord, she began to try to kill off all of the heirs of King David, trying to really um, put an end, really, Satan trying to put an end to the lineage of our King Jesus Christ. But the Lord, with God, there's a remnant always. And so the kingdom was... um, the kingdom of Judah was in just desperate, in a desperate condition. Uh, the worship of Baal was, was happening there alongside the temple of the Lord. Athaliah was just brutally wicked. She was the queen at the time. But Jehoiada was that remnant. He was a man of God, the priest, who, who strengthened himself in the Lord. And him and his wife, they stole away the the last heir, the baby Joash, king, and and he was just an infant. They stole him away and they hid him from Athaliah 
and they hid him in the temple of the Lord. And at the seventh year, we read that uh, Jehoiada ends up strengthening himself in the Lord. And after he strengthened himself in the Lord, he gathered the captains together, five of them, which gathered a hundred soldiers to them, and then also the priests and the Levites together, and the elders and the chief. They just started gathering everybody who was for the Lord, basically. And they went to Jerusalem, and they took over, and they began to, uh, you know, just clean house. And Athaliah saw them praising the new king, and uh, she yelled out, treason, treason. And so Jehoiada had, had them take her outside of the temple area, and she was killed by the horse gate. And so uh, uh, there was great rejoicing uh, there in Jerusalem. And then they made a covenant. Jehoiada, we're told that he made a covenant between himself and the Lord and the people and the priests, that all of them will be the Lord's people. And that's a beautiful thing. Right after they killed Athaliah, that's what they did. And then from there, they went to uh, the temple of Baal, and they destroyed it and got rid of all of that pagan stuff. And that's where we're at in our story. In verse 18, it's kind of right in the middle of all of that terrific drama. But you know, there's that beautiful exhortation that God can do amazing things with just one person that is dedicated and faithful to him. Our, Our God, our King, desires to show himself strong even today as he did in the life of Jehoiada and his wife. That if we're faithful to the Lord, There is no limit to the powerful work that God can do in our lives. And that's the story here. Totally outnumbered. And if he can use him, this one man, to turn around a broken kingdom, then surely he can use us in these last days to be a salt and light in this nation that is crippled by paganism. Amen? All right. So verse 18. Also Jehoiada appointed the oversight of the house of the Lord uh, to the hand of the priests, the Levites, whom David had assigned in the house of the Lord to offer the burnt offerings of the Lord as it is written in the law of Moses with rejoicing and with singing as it was established by David. And so the reforms are happening right away, right? How is a kingdom made strong? Well, it's by its faith in God. We want our nation to turn back to God, don't we? And so the Christian is the only hope for our nation. The born-again, spirit-filled Christian, you and I, are the only hope for the nation. And if we allow the Lord to make reforms in our life today, just the way Jehoiada is physically making reforms for the temple and putting the priests back where they need to be and setting that whole thing up. If we allow the Lord to reform us spiritually, then we will be strong in our families and in our church and in our nation. And so what he did was he he assigned the priests and the Levites uh, there at the temple to serve the Lord as it was written in the law of Moses. And if there's going to be reform in our lives, 
It's going to be by adhering to the Word of God. Does our life match up to the Word of God? What does the Word of God say concerning the service of the temple? He says it here that they are to serve the Lord with rejoicing and with singing. And that was the attitude that they were to have. It doesn't say that they were to come to church all bummed out or, or just kind of, you know, melancholy or whatever. They were to come with great gladness. Why were they to come with great gladness? Because we serve a God who has saved us. And he hasn't saved us from something small. He has saved us from the kingdom of darkness. He has saved us from hell. He has saved us from the pit of hell, from the gutter, from any other description you may have. He has not saved us from a small thing. What Jesus Christ did for us on the cross is huge. He saved us from eternal damnation. And so his house is a place where the lost can come and be found. The lost can come and find redemption from their sins. Forgiveness, salvation, love, hope. This is a hospital. Most of us were saved in a church. I'm sure many were, were, were saved. You know, you can get saved anywhere, but the house of the Lord is where the word of God is preached, where the gospel is, is preached regularly. Hopefully, if it's a good church. And people can come and hear the gospel and be saved. He hasn't saved us from something small. It's a huge thing. And because of that, he wants those who serve him to have the joy of the Lord as they come and, and serve him so that the, the, the folks that come into his house will understand that we serve a loving God, a good God, a God who calls us to rejoice in the things that he's done for us. And if we were to write a list tonight as to why we should be joyful in the Lord, I'm sure we can write on and on and on of all of the provisions, the clothing, the food, the water, the, the peace in our heart that he gives us in these maddening times that we're living in. God is so good that we can just write forever. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. And even when we pray daily in the morning, we're thanking him first for his provisions for our family that we love and we cherish for our homes. And we can just go on and on and on. But this place is a place of joy, joy that we've been saved. Lord, help us to have that kind of uh, heart that these priests and these Levites were to have. They were to have rejoicing and Come into his courts with singing. And I, and I get it. You know, it's hard that first song, right? When we're here and we're praising the Lord, kinda. And maybe by song two, we're really warmed up and then so on and so God help us to come in and just belt it when we're not even warmed up. When we don't even sense our, our, you know, the world's still, you know, spinning and, we still have all the flesh and the, the, all that. And, and then, you know, we get in the spirit and it takes some time. But Lord, help us to prepare our hearts even before we come in here. I'm sure that the priests and the Levites didn't just walk in with singing and praising, but that they had prepared their heart beforehand to worship the Lord because he's worthy of it all. He's worthy of our praise. You know, if Jesus said, if 
If they don't praise me, the rocks themselves will cry out. And we don't want to be outdone by rocks. The world doesn't worship our king. Our world is hostile to the king. And that is why uh, that shooting happened in Tennessee. That's why we have to keep the families in prayer. Because the church is under attack. Jesus Christ is, has always been hated. And those who love Christ and stand for his morals will be hated as well. But the world, um, they don't praise him. But we do. We do. In Psalm 100, verse 4, it says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Enter his courts with praise. They came in rejoicing. They came in singing. You know, the Proverbs tells us to have a merry heart. And there are some characteristics of the Holy Spirit that fascinate me, especially the areas that I have a problem uh, fulfilling myself. Joy, love, kindness. Well, so <laughs> it's been a study of my life since I've been saved, right? 23 years. Before I came to the Lord, I was so hard. I was so angry. I was so wrathful. I was so bitter. And so it's neat to come to Christ and to allow the Lord to teach us how to be kind, how to be gentle, how to be joyful, and what that even means. You know, it's like if you showed any emotion in the, the streets of South Amani, where I'm from, it's like weakness, you know. And then you come to Christ and he calls you to praise him. He calls you to sing. He calls you to be merry. And in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 13, it says, A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of heart the spirit is broken. In Proverbs 15, 15, it says, All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he who, have, he who is of a merry heart has a continual feast. Proverbs 17, 22, A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bone. And so... To have a merry heart. To have a positive out, outlook on life. And that's not just psychology. I, that, that's real truth. That we have a Savior that loves us. Who is with us. Who will never forsake us. Who is blessing our lives. If we just stop and smell the roses. Or Psalm 46.10 be still and know that he is God. Be still and pray and ponder the goodness of the Lord in your life. And a joy and merriness will come about your life. I want to be more merry. I want to be more joyful. I want to be more kind. Many times Clarissa has said, honey, you're six foot three and bald. Can you smile more? <laughs> and it's like, hmm. I'm trying. I have so much to smile about, and so do you. He loves you. He's got an amazing plan for your life and for mine. He's a good God. No matter what the circumstances, he's a good God. We have eternal life through Christ. He carries us through 
from the moment we were born to the moment that we see him face to face, he carries us. He blesses us. Isaiah says in Isaiah 61.10, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. See, the joy, joyness or the, the rejoicing comes from the salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. You think about your wedding for those of you who are married. How beautiful that was to see your bride and um, um, how unbelievably happy all of us were on that day. And that's just the joy of our salvation is just like that. We are the bride of Christ. And one day we're going to see our husband, you know, our husband, the Lord. In Galatians 5.22, the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Joy is the second one after love. And like I said, it's been an interesting study for me. It's something that I, I try to work myself up in the Spirit. And as I wait on the Lord in prayer, I ask Him to baptize me in His Holy Spirit and to fill my heart with great joy and to come in here not grumpy. <laughs> and uh, I think anyone who serves the Lord should be that way. You know, we, those are things that everybody notices. You know, we all have hard days where it's not as easy to smile and be merry, and all of that's excusable and understa understandable. But if it's a general kind of sourpuss look, that you'll stand out like a sore thumb, thumb here and we'll. We'll try to help that. <laughs> Anyhow, I think that's a good thing. Uh, verse 19, and he set the gatekeepers at the gates of the house of the Lord so that no one who was in any way unclean should enter. And that, that's a good thing. That's a, it's good to come into the house of the Lord clean. Now, like I said, it's a hospital. Sinners can come in and find forgiveness for sins. We're all sinners saved by grace. You come in here. But if you walk with the Lord, if you have been born again, then we should allow the Lord to wash us daily throughout our day as he washed the disciples' feet. For his disciples, we should, the Lord, cleanse me. Cleanse me even before I come into your house. Search my heart. If there's anything in me that is unclean, perverse, not right, cleanse me so that I can come into your courts clean. And it's just a prayer, a sincere prayer. God, cleanse me. And watch how the teaching ministers to your heart even more. I surely can't come up here unless I've dealt with my own heart. There's no way. He'll strike me with lightning. I have to go get right. And that's part of my process of, of, of uh, coming up here and teaching the word. It's not just the study of the word. Most of it is dealing with my heart and letting God cleanse me through, through prayer. And Does that make sense? But we want sinners to come in with all of their junk. Come in here and pray that the blood of the Lamb cleanses them. But those who serve the Lord should be clean. Should be clean. Should should cleanse himself in their in their time of preparation before serving the Lord. You can't serve the Lord with dirty dirty hearts and stuff. And so, uh, verse 20, Then he took the captains of hundreds and nobles, 
the governors of the people and all the people of the land and brought the king down from the house of the Lord. And they went through the upper gate to the king's house and set the king on the throne of the kingdom. That's just a young little seven-year-old little boy. And they set the king on the throne of the kingdom. So all the people of the land rejoiced and the city was quiet for they had slain Athaliah with the sword. And when, when do the people rejoice? When is there quiet in the city? When reforms are done. A lot of us, we, 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 our homes can be chaos. Our jobs can be chaos. Things can be just out of sorts. And it's because we haven't come before the Lord to allow him to make reforms. And they say, Lord, search my heart. We are to examine ourselves. What changes must I make? I mean, that's an everything, everyday thing. It should be for us. Lord, what change? We, we, we give you permission, <laughs> my king, my savior, to mold and shape me. I'm not the boss of me anymore. Neither are you. The Lord is your boss. He is your king. The changes he wants to make, the reforms, be open to that, and we will rejoice. He says, come out from among them. Be ye separate. He says, do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. You know, all of us can use reforms all the time, unless you've attained. And if you have, I'd like to meet you <laughs> afterwards. Show me how you've attained. Yeah. I mean, when things are out of sort, when there's depression, when there's fear, anxiety, worry, We come to the Lord to figure those problems out. And we should check boxes. Are we being obedient in all the areas that, that he says in his word we ought to be obedient in? Oftentimes we can make our own uh, Christian walk or program where Here's the bar that I set for myself, and I'm going to be right there. And God, don't you dare ask me to do anything else because the bar is right here. There's so many. We're such complicated creatures as Christians. But it's always like, God, is there something that you want me to do that I'm not willing to yield? Any reform, anything different that you want to use me in? Or is status quo just the, where I can be? And so we got to be open because he's coming soon for us. And as the world is devolving every single day, the church also is taking on changes or should changes towards strength, changes towards unity, right? Endeavoring to keep the unity of the saints like we should be growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. We should be receiving from the Lord new insights, new comforts, new peace, new strength, new boldness, more love, more joy, more peace. Why? To, to overcome the madness out there so that they can see what real power looks like. Amen? So, verse 1 of chapter 24 Joash was seven years old when he became king, and he reigned 40 years in Jerusalem. 
His mother's name was Zibiah of Beersheba. Joash did what was right in the sight of the Lord all the days of Jehoiada the priest. And Jehoiada took two wives for him, and he had sons and daughters. When will these guys learn with the multiple wives, right? The kings were not to, not to multiply wives. He's going to love one and not so much the other. Now it happened after this that Joash set his heart on repairing the house of the Lord. Then he gathered the priests and the Levites and said, Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't.